back to the Saturday show here on the Zone Sports Network. I'm Jay Catch, joined by my co-host Adrian Leiser. We are live today at Tim Dolly Nissan in Murray, 4528 South State Street. Come on by, check it out. We have a dwindling supply of Utah Jazz gear. We still have some for you, so if you want to come by and grab it, please do so. We'd love to see you guys. Got a great line of vehicles here, and of course, that forever warranty, guys. Man. I don't think you can beat that, Adrian. Nope, you cannot. Like, the fact that you have that peace of mind knowing your car, it's taken care of literally forever. That's a great deal. Yep, it is. All right. Uh, and we appreciate yeah. them having us here. Absolutely, yeah. We've had a great time. Had a lot of listeners come by. A lot of people still here buying cars, so come on by. It's a great day. The weather for January today, money is great. Uh, bright blue skies. It's a bluebird day, as they call it here in the state. So love to see you guys. Come on by. And I know. It, it makes me wish it was summer. Because the sun is so nice and inviting. That's true. Yeah, I'm 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 quickly becoming more of you, Adrian, where I actually prefer the the summer to the winter. Yes. So I know you said that you would you would drink a latte on the on the surface of the sun because yes, I would be the only customer at that Starbucks, but I'd be happy to be there. <laughs> I'm sure you would. Anyway, I bet if I went to Phoenix in the summertime and asked for a coffee, yeah, they'd be like hot. I'd say yes. Um, P.S., by the way, the NFL is called the No Fun League at some points. Uh-huh. Well, the NFL is fine. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs left tackle Eric Fisher $14,037 for unsportsmanlike conduct for dumping two beers on himself while celebrating a touchdown last week against the Texans. A lot of people remember that. He pulled the whole Steve Stone Cold Steve Austin tr- uh, trick out of the book. and. Mm-hmm. Come on, fourteen thousand dollars for that? Really? Let's let's be real. That was a hilarious, hilarious celebration. Super funny, yeah. and of course they find him because they find people for everything. Yeah, correct. So. so no fun league strikes again. All right, let's switch gears. Adrian talks more football, but in the collegiate ranks, Utah State, obviously, uh, interesting season in their own right. Gary Anderson's first uh, back with the program, trying to rebuild the uh, program in kind of his image, what he did when he won the WAC championship way back when in his first stint up there in Logan. He joined DJ and PK to talk about the Aggies, and this week a lot of new moves. Obviously a new offensive coordinator coming in from North Texas. He demotes Justin Enna and then uh, appoints Stacy Collins and Frank Miley as co-defensive coordinators. Mm. So there was a lot to talk about with Gary Anderson. We joined DJ and PK yesterday, and here it is right here on The Zone. DJ and PK, it's time to talk Aggie football with Utah State football coach Gary Anderson. He joins us on the Sprint Special guest line. Lease any phone and get an iPad or Samsung Tab A for $99.99. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Gary, good morning. Good morning, guys. I've missed you. Yeah, absolutely. We've missed you, too. But it's kind of a delayed response, though, so I don't know if that's true or not. <laughs> well, we were told there was a delayed response to our request to have you on the show at the end of the year because you had decisions and changes to make, many of which we know about now, some of which we probably don't know. You probably have some other stuff. But obviously you made major changes to the coaching staff. And obviously late in the year when we had you on, you were pretty tense and pretty wound up and you didn't like the way things were going. So when you make these changes, how much better do you feel and how much can you not feel better until you win another game, which is obviously months and months away? Well, you know, at the, the, the end of the year was frustrating, obviously, with losing a bowl game. And um, But as you go back and you reflect, we've got to look at a lot of things that we did that were very good. And so, um, you know, yeah, that gives you time to do that through the holidays and through this time when you uh, – can't go out there when we're not recruiting. I think this, uh, you, know, you look back, and like I said at the end of the season, just kind of dissect myself and, uh, you, know, uh, you know, conduct those uh, uh, 
strong sessions of thinking things out, looking at the program, and um, I feel really good. I feel really good about the changes. Um, I feel really good about the way the staff handled the changes and um, accepted the changes. For some, it was uh, uh, you know a step up. For some, it was uh, a little bit of a uh, had a title taken away to whatever it may may have been, but. Uh, uh, they, they're all in. They're all excited about being here, and I don't think that they're putting on a facade. I don't think they walk around being fake in those situations. So I'm really happy with the staff, and, uh, you know, sometimes you, you make those decisions and, and we move along. But uh, those decisions were made from, um, you know, a lot of things being thought out and myself first and, and looking and seeing how I can help these kids be better. So I yeah, think we're in a good spot. Obviously, the offensive coordinator, Bodie's here with us, and um, I like where Bodie is, like what he's done. It was a very competitive situation, first of all, to get him here. Secondly, um, it t- took me a long time to, uh, for me, a long time to hire him. I usually just kind of jump and hire a guy and, um, you know, go get it done fairly quickly. And uh, don't think too far outside the box, but I thought it was really important this time that I take my time and look. And then Bodie was obviously the guy. And, and again, he wants to be here. He grew up like we did. You know, he grew up and he fought himself through the ranks to get to where he is today. He battled himself in the big sky, did some great things, which I have great respect for that conference. And he's just a great fit for us. And, uh, you know, um, and his family's the same. So excited about him. And, you know, Stacy and Frank are, are, are better coaches, and they'd be the first ones to tell you this. Their experience on offense last year was fantastic for them and give them an opportunity out to be even better coaches now on the defensive side of the ball. And what we have now is I think we have a much stronger presence in the offensive room as a whole, and we look to get stronger on that as we make this next hire. And I think we have a much stronger presence in the defensive room from experience, and, and guys are going to work extremely well together. I'm excited about it. So you go with the co-defensive coordinators, and that's always a little bit confusing to me because that could mean different things for different programs. What the co-defensive coordinators mean to you? Stacy's going to call it. You know, it'll work. It'll be a, a, a collaborative effort during the week and where they go through it. But Frank is just such a great presence with the kids. And I, uh, one thing that uh, a lot of times I think people don't think about in football is that Stacy's up top and he goes ahead and he calls it. And you know, Frank will be there and Frank will have his moments of where he's going through. But the main play caller is going to be Stacy. But it's just as important to be the guy that's down on the field that is the the in this case our co-coordinator. That is the he's the heartbeat of the defense when they come over for a TV timeout or we're making adjustments on the sidelines or whatever that may be. So that's exactly how we'll break that down. And um, I think they're both is they're both very very important. And I thought co-titles for those guys in this position right now where we are um, was definitely the best way to do it. But they they definitely have uh, you know their um, different areas that they're in charge of um, and also their different position groups. Utah State football coach Gary Anderson joining us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, you were clearly stressed the offense, the way they would come in. <laughs> they, they put together drives, maybe a seven-play drive, but they didn't take any time off the clock. The defense had to be right back out there. What is the offense going to look like now that you've got these new coaches in place? What's it going to look like next season? Well, uh, to position yourself year after year to be able to win a position, to win a championship, or be in a position to win a championship, which we did this last year. We were right down there to the last week, had an opportunity to do it. But I don't think it's going to finish like that. If you look at our year, we had seven games that came down the wire. We won five of them. That's a tough team, uh, minded football team that did that. And, but I don't think we played complimentary football. Um, I know we didn't play complimentary football on the offensive side of the ball. Um, and, and it's not good. It's just it's not a position to be able to – you, know, you wake up every Wednesday and you start uh, staring at the weather forecast and, you know, when's the weather going to be good? When's it going to be okay? Is the wind going to be blowing? Is it going to rain? Is it going to snow? You know, we don't play in a dome. We're going to have bad weather games. I think that's a big part of it um, for that offense to not be as effective. And it's, 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 it's 
that's time tested for two years. Uh, that's the way it's been. It has not been effective when the weather hasn't been good. And then you play against a team you potentially could be outmatched. You could play against a team that uh, tries to take the ball. What blah blah blah. There's a lot that goes to that. But in this situation, the offense is going to be a. Um, we're going to play at different paces, um, three to four different paces. And they say, well, that's a lot of paces. It's really not. A muddle huddle versus a huddle, um, they're very similar. It's the same concepts for the kids. And then we're going to go fast. And then we're also going to be able to, uh, you know, potentially get ourselves in a spot to look over as needed. But we won't have nearly the amount of look over. Uh, Bodie does not like the look over nearly as much. Uh, his concept is the offensive lineman sit in their stance for 35 seconds and sit there and wait to play the game. Um, and so there's a lot of things that he was very, 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 you know, um, his, his ideas are very clean. And they're very good in those spots. So, uh, again, I think it'll be a, a multiple offense, get the ball in the hands of the playmakers, uh, be able to play and just cause – if I look at it and when I interviewed these offensive coordinators, the key thing for me was simple was, okay, how is this – offense going to cause me problems as a defensive coordinator and the things that come up is fly sweeps formations and the boundaries different types of tempos those are all big big things that cause major problems and those are things that you know Bodie's had in his offense for a number of years and this guy is tough um, and I want a tough offense I want to be able to run gap schemes in the run in the in the uh, in the run game not just inside zone on you know fourth and one and hope it all works out I want to be able to run power I want to be able to run counter properly I want to be able to do those things to be a physical football team and in uh, the overall pitcher, I think that makes you a tougher defense. It makes you a more prepared defense. So complimentary football is a big part of this hire, and a tough guy is a big part of this hire that can lead a room and be a general manager. Quarterback always matters in every level of football, and it looks like, at least uh, to us, at least to me anyway, you have a fairly seamless transition there. We do. You know, it's going to be – you sit right now, and Henry is uh, – uh, done a great job when he's had an opportunity, and so did Andrew until Andrew obviously got hurt in the Stony Brook game. And um, but uh, I guess the positive thing of that injury happening is it happened early, and and he's very much on the recovery path, and he'll be back at us pretty soon and be at full strength. So uh, we have a good good group of kids. Uh, you know, Cooper's there with us, and Cooper's done a great job. He's got a great. Uh, um, just a, a great upside overall. Although I got to tell you a story about Cooper. So you know, Cooper Lagarde, he comes up, and we did a little thing the other day in front of our team and stand up, and they got their little teams for fall camp for, uh, excuse me, for uh, this soft season training that we're going through in winter conditioning. There's like 10, 15 guys on the team, and I pull Cooper up in front of his uh, teammates, and you have to name the teammates. Just give me the name of the guys that are on your team, right? And Cooper missed the very first kid. So, got to tell you that, man. It was hysterical. So, one of his buddies looked right up and looked him right in the eye, and it was uh, looked at him and said, hey, you, there's Trey, and it was not. His name was Troy. So, oh, he missed yeah. that one. So. <laughs> so, we had a little fun with Cooper on that one. It was it was interesting. But Cooper's there. Josh Cal is also at the quarterback spot. So, I think we're in good hands. Um, you know, right now, for us, we we have to find a running back. Um, that can play next year. It has to find a running back that can play next year, an off-the-ball tight end, like an H mover, and uh, a wide receiver on the offensive side of the football. And then we're looking for a defensive lineman and a DB uh, on the uh, on the defensive side. So I think we're you know we're in a good spot. Kids are working hard, and I, I believe I agree with you in the quarterback spot. We have some competition, but I believe we're in a good spot. Gary Anderson, Aggie football coach, joining us. Gary, we've noticed college and pro, multiple sports, football, basketball, whatever continuity matters it does give its own rewards now last year obviously you had to put a new staff together because matt wells took so many guys to texas tech and you had 50 new guys on the roster which blew us away 
now you're gonna have a new quarterback, you have new guys on the roster, new coaching staff. How do you try to build some familiarity? Because you haven't had a lot of continuity here the last two years. Yeah, I, I think really, honestly, I'm not worried about the transition on the defensive side of the ball. It's uh, you know, Stacy coaches special teams. Frank was highly involved in special teams, and they are, have a great relationship with the kids. So you know, there'll be some. There's some continuity within the scheme, I would say, would be more of a concern for me right now than the faces on the defensive side of the ball. When I say that, you know, we will be uh, more of a multiple front um, with outside backer, more odd front scenarios at times in this defense. So I'm a little bit more worried about the scheme in the next couple months than, again, the faces on the offensive side of the ball. You know, this is going to be a change that uh, I think these kids are going to grasp and be very excited about. And, you know, our goal, and we've talked about it from the minute that it went it went uh, double zeros at the end of that bowl game, uh, you know, the challenge was issued to myself and to the football team is we need to be tougher. Um, not not mentally, we need to grow up and mature. When I say that, it's not a shot at last year's team. I'm saying we had 54 new young guys, and they need to get stronger. Um, you know, our goals of getting 30 bench pressers that do two, 225, 30 times and 3,500-pound squatters, that's a real goal for this football team. So um, that will be welcomed with, with Bodie Reader, and Bodie will be in that situation, and he'll be in the weight room, and he'll he'll push him and he'll grind him. So I think that transition will be good, um, and uh, they'll, they'll be accepted. But it is, you know, hey, it is. It's a new face. It's going to be a new scheme. We're not going to sit there and just say, uh, hey, we're going to keep all of our terminology, and, and we're going to – Reader's going to run his offense. So uh, on that side of the ball, yes, there's definitely going to be some continuity. Uh, um, it's not an issue, but it has to has to come together and working hard on some team concepts and football school to get there. Uh, but I don't worry about that at all on defense. How does the new earlier signing period affect Utah State and schools like Utah State relative to schools that would be in perceived bigger conferences and then with the later signing date, which is coming up in a couple of weeks? Yeah, I think there's a, there's a couple things to that. Number one, we don't feel any pressure at all with our fan base to say we've got to go have this signing glass on the early signing day and be a this place ranked, uh, um, you know, recruiting class. And uh, most schools do, uh, especially Power Five schools. They that's it's important and it's uh, it's crazy. I mean, there's bonuses on the line. There's people they get this for that and for guys getting re uh, signed. And I think that is that that that's amazing to me. Um, and I think it's wrong. And so we don't feel any of the pressure early on to sign one guy, two guy, 20 guy, 30 guy. Um, doesn't matter to us. And so we're very, very patient and we'll use them at the first signing day for us. Is if that is a guy that is 100% slam dunk that we would take him regardless of the of the situation, regardless of the signing period, then we take him. Um, if there's any cloudiness to it at all, we won't take him in the first signing period because there is guys that are missed um, Lots of guys that are missed in that first signing class because people panic to get uh, a guy that was evaluated as a junior or as a sophomore, and he was a three-star or maybe even a four-star as he went through his junior year, and they didn't play very good his, his senior year, and they're still going to take him because they get the star um, because they want that uh, signing day whatever ranking, I suppose. Um, and that stuff's real. So for us, we don't worry about that. And then the second signing day, you only fill our needs. But right now we're patient on the second signing period too just because of we have now the transfer portal. And we always believe in our theory that we are going to find guys later in the process, even after the second signing time. So <clears throat> we, uh, you know, obviously we sign guys on signing day. It's become much less of a big deal than it was 10 years ago. 10 years ago, it was that was the day. Now it's uh, because of all the different situations that have happened. Um, signing day is not a big deal for us. 
Do you view the transfer portal as a chance to get really good talent, or do you view the transfer portal as a place where maybe some kids who think they're a little more than they are or maybe a little emotionally immature have some baggage and that you really got to be careful with that? Or or is that going to become kind of a fundamental way to build out your football team? Well, I think it's all those. I think it's the first thing is, is if you know the kid last year, obviously, you know, we sat back and Caleb, C.O.C., and Nick changed our football team. And, um, you know, we knew those guys firsthand because I've obviously my year at Utah and Riley helped change our football team in a very positive way. And we knew him from Kalani and Aaron and everybody else that uh, uh, when we went through the recruiting process with all all four of those kids. So that was that was simple. You know, Taryn Adams, the, the kid that we took from Arizona State, the, the corner, was a little bit more difficult because now you do have to do your homework because I don't know Taryn and I don't really know anybody on that staff that I can call and ask him and are they going to tell me he's a good player and he's a great kid because he's not and they want to get rid of him you know so yeah you have to do your homework in those situations so all those things that you mentioned are a concern within the uh, transfer portal I deem it as a huge positive for us and it needs to be a huge positive for us this year now the one thing I will say against about the transfer portals I think it's really hurt junior junior college recruiting Um, I think people are more interested in holding out and waiting Uh, I was on the phone with the coach last night and it was hey we're going to hold out and it's a power five school they're holding off three scholarships to wait for transfer portal kids and not taking junior college kids in that situation Um, I'm sure it's not clear across the board for them but that's how they're deeming those positions that they have left and you know the the thought process is is that the transfer portal kids have been through an off season they've been through you know a, a four year college football program or the structure and what have you and so um, we like both we still love junior college kids and uh, we'll still go after the transfer portal kids too but uh, it's 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 a very interesting world that we uh, continue to create and make it more and more difficult as coaches. You saw up front LSU. I assume no surprise on your behalf. LSU winning it? Yeah. No, no, that was not a surprise to me. So they're, they're they were a, an amazing football team, you know. But they, they even when you have amazing talent, you still got to put it together. And those kids put it together week in and week out and face the challenges they had. And they they were a they, it, it, you you watch them walk on the field, and it's not a real surprise. They um, they look a little different than most other dudes, but uh, they got her done. Dave Aranda was on your staff when you won the whack your first time around the eleven game season and went with you to Wisconsin. Uh, were you surprised he ended up at Baylor? No, uh, Dave's wanted to be a head coach in my conversations with him for the last uh, you know few years, and the opportunity presented itself. I'm sure he did his homework along with uh, uh, his support people that are, are around him in that spot, and I'm just happy for him, happy for his family. That's what they want. It'll be a tremendous challenge, and they're all tremendous challenges. But uh, you know, Dave was Dave was wanting that for some time, and it'll be uh, fun to watch him you know put his staff together and go jump into a highly competitive league. And I don't know how he's going to handle it, the, the, the Big 12 with all the points are scored. So um, I wouldn't be signing up to be his defensive coordinator. Let me just put it that way. Got all year to get ready for Oklahoma. You know what's coming. Can you stop it? <laughs> yeah, and they're pinned right between those guys from what I understand recruiting-wise, right? They're in between Oklahoma and who else was. I can't remember. I've never been there. But, uh, Texas. yeah, it's a, it's a great opportunity for him, and I'm sure he's juiced up and, and ready to roll. And it was fun to bring him here when we brought him here. And obviously Coach McMacken was uh, let go, and Dave was searching for a job. And uh, I was searching for a coordinator, and it worked out. And it was a great experience, and I'm happy for him. Well, Gary, thanks for a few minutes. We appreciate it, and we'll look forward to talking around spring ball. Okay, guys. There you go. Gary Anderson, Utah State head football coach, and 
A lot of changes up there. Yeah, and it's it'll be interesting. I do wonder how um, things will go now that he's demoted Justin Inna to yeah. just inside linebackers coach. He's elevated Stacy Collins. At you Frank don't Miley. hear that very often, do you? In, Usually a coordinator just leaves the program or exactly. is let go. If a coordinator gets demoted, normally they're out the door. So yeah. I, I do wonder how that all, all how that will play out. This new coordinator coming in from North Texas, formerly of um, Eastern Washington, Bodie Reeder, he seems like an I- intriguing figure. I, I wonder, uh, he, you heard Gary talk about, we're not going to have as much checking over to the sideline on offense, that type of stuff. But it does sound like it's still going to be kind of be a little bit more of an up-tempo spread attack on offense for the Aggies. And yeah. I do wonder how they'll adjust to all that. Yeah, obviously, with um, they've been going pace, 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 pace mm-hmm. for years, for a couple years now. Yeah. With a... Uh, from Matt Wells down to Gary Anderson when he took over. Mm-hmm. And uh, it didn't really work last year. No. And the downside of that is if you're not scoring, your defense is out there a lot. And that's uh, and Gary's very much a guy. He wants to protect his athletes, his, his defense. He wants to make sure that they can play at their maximum capability. But some of the games they played last year, I can think back to that Air Force game. Yeah. I think they – Air Force held the ball for over 40 minutes yeah, it was, in that it game. it was wild. Yeah. And when your defense is out there too much, you can't expect that much out Especially, of like, in a game like that where you, it's just a constant, yeah. just that option will get you. So. Oh, yeah. It'll it'll carve you up if you let it. So. And so ho- hopefully they uh, get things turned around. I say turn around. They went to a bowl game, but coming off of some really historic seasons up mm. there, uh, it's nice when Utah State's playing better. So Yeah, exactly. You, you it. They've 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 entered a new era. For so long, Utah State was so down for mm-hmm. two decades that it felt like making a bowl game was to be celebrated. At this point, though, now with what Gary and obviously Matt Wells, what they have done, bowl game is the minimum expectation. You expect eight, nine, ten win seasons now in Logan. Compete for a Mountain West title. Yeah, that's the goal. Compete so. for the Mountain West, and that, that that's cool to see that transformation of that program to go from yeah. Well, we made a bowl game. That's to be celebrated. Now, you know what? Bowl game, that's cool, but we have higher aspirations. That's cool. Nice to see. It's nice to see them chasing that. Uh, we're here at Tim Daly Nissan, 4528 South State Street in Murray. Come see us. We've got a few things for you jazz fans out there. And this is the home of the forever warranty, one of the best deals you will find out there. So come and talk to someone, and they will get you into a new vehicle and tell you all about that forever warranty, which is a great yeah. deal. Uh, coming up on the other side, Jake, let's get into the NFC and AFC title games coming up tomorrow. Uh, Chiefs-Titans and then the uh, Packers and the Niners. And uh, we'll, we'll get uh, we'll get Jake's thoughts on being a fan this close to a Super Bowl. I've <laughs> uh, been there a couple times. It's, yeah. it's fun. But uh, all that coming up next here on the Saturday show on the Zone Sports Network. It may be the weekend, but there are no days off for the Zone Sports Network. You're listening to the Saturday Show with Adrian Leiser and Jake Hatch. Can't wait! Can't 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 wait! It's all weekend, baby. On 97.5, 1280, the Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Hey, get rhythm. When you get the blues, come on, get rhythm. Welcome back. It's the Saturday show here on the Zone Sports Network here at Tim Daly Nissan. Getting crowded down here, Jake. Yeah, a lot, a lot of, people of people here. It's yeah. been a lot of fun today. Uh, they've got plenty of uh, available salespeople to help you get into a new Nissan today. So come down, check them out. 4528 South State Street in Murray. Jake, big football games tomorrow. We've got a couple left. 
Got a couple of fun weekends before the doldrums of no football. It's conference championship weekend in the NFL. Yes. And my team is still alive. Yes, so. the uh, we'll get into that one in a second. But first, the AFC Titans Chiefs. What do you think about this game? The Titans, obviously, the kind of the surprise of yeah. the Final Four uh, this year. And uh, they've got Derrick Henry, and they figured out how to, uh, in a way, stifle that Ravens offense, at least when it mattered. Yep. They were able to stifle them and because uh, Lamar was still very good. Yeah, he was. And But the, the thing about the Titans are they have relied on their run game and their defense yep. to win games so far. Uh, going to Kansas City is going to be interesting because we saw Kansas City last week fall behind 24 nothing mm-hmm. and just erase it like it was nothing. What did you think of that game? I was like, oh, my goodness. It was it, that's wild. about as wild a playoff game. As yeah, you think. and end up being fifty-one thirty-one if I'm not mistaken. It was yep. a forty-one nothing run at one point for Kansas City as they advance here to the AFC Championship. Uh, if Tennessee can do what they've done the last two weeks in shutting down both the Patriots and the Ravens' offenses and just keep them on the sideline, they'll have a shot in this game. Yep. But man. I keep counting out Tennessee, and I hate to do it again, but I'm picking Kansas City to win this game. I think the luck runs out here for the Titans. It's been a fun run for them. They've found, I think, a lot of answers. Derrick Henry has just announced to the NFL, hey, I'm the best running back in this league, y'all. Pay attention. By the way, you didn't know I was here. Yeah, exactly. Because Mariota couldn't get it done. Yeah, but I am the best yeah. running back in this league, so pay attention to me. It's, it, 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 I look at it, and it's just – it screams to me that this is where their luck runs out, but I've thought that since they played the, right. the Patriots. So and they they did meet earlier in the season, and Correct. the Titans were able to get that victory, blocking yes. a field goal at the end. But and Andy Reid, you know his career record against the against the Titans is I don't one in eight. Whoa, really? One and eight. That's in interesting. Andy Reid's head coaching career against Tennessee. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I, I like the Chiefs as well. I, yeah. I think that this offense is just so powerful. Yes, it is. That uh, I don't know the Titans, but. Like you said, though, they they did do it against the Ravens last week, mm-hmm. which might have been the best offense in the NFL this season. Yeah. And uh, took down the MVP, who should still get the MVP even if you lose one playoff game. But, yeah. Uh, it should be an exciting one. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think the Chiefs, though, I'm with you. Um, I don't know what the line is. Oh, let's see. Kansas City's a seven-point favorite. You know, I'm, I'm thinking they cover that, not with ease, but I think it ends up being a double-digit. Double-digit uh, victory for you the Chiefs. Do you want bulletin board material for yes. this game? Frank Clark, of course, defensive tackle, uh, defensive lineman for the Kansas City Chiefs. His thoughts on Derrick Henry, and here we go. And quote, he's not hard to hit. He's just a big guy. 240, 245, 250. Honestly, he should be running harder at his weight and at his size. I don't see no difficulty in tackling him. He's just easy to me up front because I don't look at any running back like they can't be tackled. Mm-hmm. He's not one of the best guys at breaking tackles to me, honestly, unquote. Okay, Frank Clark. He seems pretty difficult to tackle to me. I don't yeah. know about you, Jake. but He is a 240-pound battering ram with 4-4 speed. Seems like that'd be pretty hard to bring. Down. Seen that picture of him next to uh, Mark Ingram that was going around. Yeah, and he makes Mark Ingram look small. Yeah. Mark Ingram's not a small dude. Derrick Henry is legit. That uh, Alabama running back core was pretty legit when he was there. Absolutely, Kamara was on that team. Well, they still have plenty. Don't worry. Najee Harris is the Kamara. Next one Kamara out was here. not on that team. Correction. Kamara went to Tennessee. Oh, you are. Correct. Oh, yeah, you're right about that. But I'm thinking of. Are you thinking of? Uh, I know who you're talking about. Who's the running back? Um, Bo Scarborough. 
Scarborough's one of them, and there's one other one as well that was he's been in the NFL as well. But yeah. regardless, this is going to be an interesting matchup between these two teams. Like I said, I keep counting out Tennessee, but if they do what they've done, they have an opportunity in this game. I just feel like Kansas City, they're supremely motivated. We've heard Patrick Mahomes earlier this week say that he's got a lot of motivation to get Andy Reid his first Super Bowl victory. To see the Chiefs get back to the Super Bowl would be really cool. Uh, and I just feel like this is lining up for them to do that. Their defense has been reinvigorated, I feel like, this year. And I think Kansas City is going to get the victory here and go to the go to the Super Bowl. Is it 54 this year, Super Bowl 54? Yes. Yeah. So. But, yeah, I, I think they give it this one. But now in the NFC, Jake, mm-hmm. you uh, your team. <laughs> I feel like I'm a kid all over again. The Niners. How are you feeling about this? Well, I, I think it's cool. It's the Packers versus the Niners. And I'm a kid of the 90s, and this was – this, uh, the, the Cowboys, the Packers, and the Niners were the dominant NFC teams during my childhood growing up in the 1990s. So it feels like I'm back being 10, 11, 12 years old watching this game. I'm nervous for this game because San Francisco, they've played a lot of close games this year. Granted, the one game they did just absolutely crush somebody was their regular season matchup against the, against the Green Bay Packers, excuse, mm-hmm. excuse me. I do find this to be very intriguing. I'm going to be the homer and pick my Niners to advance and set up a Chiefs-Niners Super Bowl. But we've seen Green Bay. Their backs are against the wall. They've, they've come out swinging, and they've been pretty good. Yeah, and, uh, you know, even if you believe, in my opinion, if Aaron Rodgers is taking a step back, he's still one of the best quarterbacks oh. in the NFL. And so I, I think this is, a, this is a great matchup because the Niners' defense is so good. And I don't just say that because they made the Vikings look terrible, but they are really good. Richard Sherman, a guy who I believe tore his Achilles and played some of the best football he's ever played he's in back corner. to an all-pro level. Yeah, and you talk about the guy on the other side of the Akello field. Wilderspoon. Yeah, all the just time. A and he just he he because of here's a tip, Aaron Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> find Richard Sherman and then go to the other side of the field and find whoever else is the cornerback for the San Francisco Forty. San Francisco 49ers an attack there because mm. that's your best bet. Richard Sherman is back to an elite level. It's cool to see because most guys at a position like that at cornerback, you tear an Achilles, your career is all but done, but it's been mm-hmm. really cool to see a guy like uh, Richard Sherman come back and really play at an extremely high level. I think these are two offenses that are going to be very highly motivated. I think the big key in this game, though, is can San Francisco's defensive line, they've invested so much draft capital in those first-round draft picks up front, if they can get home and make Aaron Roderick's life miserable, that could be the big difference in this game, I feel like. Because if you get guys like Nick Bosa, D. Ford, uh, DeForest Buckner, Eric Armstead, the guys that have all first-round draft picks mm-hmm. along that San Francisco defensive line, if they get home and harass Aaron Rodgers, that could set it up so San Francisco makes a return trip to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I like um, I, I like the Niners in this game. I think I'm going with them to win this. I one. think it's gonna be close. I, I think I, I just I feel like they've got more talent this year. But now Jimmy Garoppolo is the ultimate wild card in this game. <laughs> but he's been playing really well and he wins a lot of football games. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know why we would just assume he's not going to win another one. Yeah, that's the truth, but you you are right because we've seen Jimmy, when he's been at his best, he's great. Mm-hmm. He's also had some moments where it's been like, oh, ooh. Mm. But you look at it, and I think that the Niners are rolling here. It would be cool, actually. It would also be really cool, Adrian, because I know that uh, there's a bunch of local prospects in all yeah. of, on all these different teams. outside. Of, Tennessee doesn't have as many. 
but we could see a number of Utah-related alums in terms of football alums, both BYU and Utah, on both sides of a Super Bowl coming up here if Kansas City, Green Bay, or San Francisco all get into that game. It would be really fun to have that go down and just uh, keep that local rooting interest. Yeah, and I'm impressed by um, I'm impressed by Sorensen, how Daniel he's Sorensen. played. He's, a, he's really carved out a really nice – uh, NFL career Well, think about the quietly. two plays he made last week. He he tracks down the up back on that fake punt last week. He just stalked him the entire time, mm-hmm. went and took him down. And then the very next the next kickoff, I think it was the next kickoff, it might have been two kickoffs later, he goes down. That ball pops out and goes right to former Utah State uh, running back Darwin Thompson. So another an Aggie there making a playoff of what a former Cougar did. It, Dirty Dan, and I know that people have been wondering why do you have that nickname? It's meant it's meant as a term of respect. He just does the dirty work. He, he mm-hmm. he's an undrafted free agent. If people don't remember this, coming out of BYU, he's the career pass deflections leader in BYU history. But he was not drafted. He was signed as an undrafted free agent by Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs. And six years later, he is on the cusp of potentially going to the Super Bowl. And to think that he's outlasted Eric Berry in a Kansas City Chiefs uniform once upon a time is just an incredible yeah. thing to consider yeah it's like just thinking about that yeah. just crazy to me so it should be a fun couple games tomorrow uh jake uh hopefully we have a good super bowl i think mm-hmm. the nfl would really prefer the chiefs to win i think they want to see chiefs and they I, they want to see the chiefs because of the high flying offense they've got there but it would be a phenomenal story to see a nine and seven t- tennessee titans team make that cinderella run from the sixth seed yeah there's that storyline as well it, it makes for an. It would have been nice setup. if it was two six seeds in, but I know it did you not and your. But you got your lunch out. I did of get it. my lunch out of it. I'm very happy about that. As that is the one positive coming out. Of so it should be fun with Super Bowl in a couple weeks. Uh, obviously, um, NFC AFC title games, and it, it's been a really. I find that I found this season really interesting in the league itself. Um, you know, a lot of storylines and uh, a lot of great football this year. Yeah. A lot of new. The new. The yeah. next kind of wave of stars is coming up in the NFL, at, and most notably at the most important position, at the quarterback position. Well, so I think I think the NFL. The we've talked about it. They they have manufactured the most parity in all the pro sports leagues. It feels like because mm-hmm. each year you have teams that just come out of nowhere to make the playoffs, et cetera. It, 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 the NFL is set up that you can you can do that relatively quickly. You can turn over rosters relatively quickly, and and if, and for people who have Patriots fatigue, this yeah. is the year that it might have ended with that. It, yeah. it might be done, and that's that's the one thing about it. So, it, you look at it, two highly um, competitive matchups. It looks like if things play out the way we think they do tomorrow, but regardless, it's been a fun, like you said, an NFL season. It's been full of drama. Uh, there's been think about Antonio Bryant. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Antonio Brown. And Antonio Brown, not Antonio yeah. Brown. Why did I say Brent? But you look at this, the drama on the field versus the drama off the field has been a very fun balance yep. because there's been fun games left and right. Yep, for sure. Uh, all right, coming up on the other side, Jake, we will wrap things up. i got to get on my horse and head up to the arena, get a couple things done before yep. the game. So I will let you finish things up. But it was yep. fun to do the show. And uh, big thanks to Tim Daly Nissan for having Absolutely. us out today. Yeah, we'd love to have coming down here. Uh, we'll be, of course, pregame for Utah Jazz tonight, 6 o'clock. Uh, Adrian will be on the board for that, obviously, and we'll have it all covered for you, the Jazz against the Kings tonight. We'll have more on that game, some final thoughts live here from Tim Daly Nissan coming up next right here on the Zone Sports Network. Whether you're stuck at the mall, in the yard, or making a quick trip to the home improvement store, 
We've got your back. It's gonna be May. This is the Saturday Show with Adrian Lizer and Jake Hatch on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome back to the Saturday Show final segment for this Saturday. We are live today at Tim Dolly Nissan in Murray right here on State Street, 4528 South State Street. Love for you guys to, guys to come by, check out their fleet of vehicles. Their forever warranty they've got here cannot be overstated how insane that is. It protects your car for however long you own it. That's the cool thing about it. Regardless of however long you own this car, it's taken care of. New or used guys, come on down, check it out. This place is packed. A lot of sales guys milling around, helping people out, getting new cars today. The weather's phenomenal. So I'd encourage you guys, take some time. If you're looking for a new car, stop by here at Tim Dolly Nissan in Murray. Love to see you guys right before we wrap up here on the show. One thing we didn't touch on, I want to touch on before we go on today's show, is there's some big college basketball going on here locally tonight. Of course, uh, BYU and West Coast Conference action faces off against the number one team in the country in Gonzaga. That'll be at 8 o'clock Mountain Time on ESPN2. Cougars will be without Yoli Childs. Well, expect to be without Yoli Childs going into this contest. And I look at this and I feel like, okay, BYU, you get a pass on this game. The nice part about the Cougars so far is they have made hay without Yoli Childs to a large degree this season. They've put themselves in position to make the NCAA tournament, it appears at this point. What they have to do without Yoli in the lineup for however long he is out for is they just need to keep winning games they're, they're supposed to win. Tonight against Gonzaga, not one that you're necessarily expected to win, but it would be nice. It would be another big feather in your cap if you can go to Spokane and notch the win there. Uh, another, uh, another big game tonight is Utah obviously coming off the blowout loss to Arizona on Thursday night. They've got the Arizona State Sun Devils tonight in Tempe. That game scheduled for 7 o'clock Mountain Time. It'll be there at Desert Financial Arena in Tempe, Arizona. You can catch it on the Pac-12 network if you want to watch that. Utah, they still have a path laid out for them to make the NCAA tournament. They've got to start winning some games here. Uh, obviously, that win over Kentucky will remain a game that you look at and say, okay, that's a massive, massive victory for them in terms of their NCAA resume. But you can't keep losing games in Pac-12 play. Arizona's a good team. There's no doubt about that. But we saw Colorado get beat today. And Colorado absolutely just blitzkrieged Utah last week in Pac-12 action. So the Utes on the road tonight at Arizona State. Big opportunity to take down the Sun Devils. Both teams 1-3 and three in Pac-12 play. So it'll go a long way for Utah if they can pick up a victory there. And then one other final note for you here locally is Utah State in action tonight. They are in Boise taking on the Boise State Broncos in Mountain West Conference action. That game also scheduled for 8 o'clock tonight. It'll be on ESPNU. The Aggies... Uh, one of the teams in the preseason, ranked top 20 in the country, have struggled with injuries and some lackluster play at points this season. Have a big opportunity tonight to go up and beat a Boise State team who has already beaten BYU earlier on this season. So we'll see what they can do up there in Boise tonight. You'll be able to catch that game here on the Zone Sports Network on 1280 AM, beginning at 730 with Scotty G on the call there. Pre-game starts at 730, tip-off at 8 o'clock. And obviously you can watch it on ESPNU. So that'll do it for, t- for us today. Uh, it's been a fun day. I, th- I think we've had a lot of fun today. And Oh, one thing, Eric, uh, before we go here, of course, you uh, cover NFL uh, on your podcast, the End Zone Podcast. I wanted to get your thoughts. What do you think is going to happen in these matchups tomorrow in the conference championship games? Uh, I, I think the Chiefs will win. I think okay. the Titans are, as they've been built 
to they're built to beat the Chiefs, basically. I, okay. I think they can – it would not shock me at all if the Titans came out and physically dominated the Chiefs. But I just think with the way the offense is structured, I think that's going to be a shootout, and I don't think anyone can keep up with Patrick Mahomes in a shootout. Um, and then on the other side, I, I like the Niners' chances, but I, I think it's – Don't you do it. It's naive to believe it's going to be a blowout. <laughs> It, I don't think they blow Yeah, right there. I, I, um, I worry about Aaron Rodgers played his best game of the year last week, so I, I kind of – there is a chance that a Packers team that has been good at running the ball and Kenny Clark, uh, their mm-hmm. defensive tackle, has been Correct. putting up like Aaron Donald-level numbers, both of them averaging like .88 um, – uh, Hurries, pardon me, okay. per yeah. uh, per snap um, over the last four games or so. So it'll be interesting to see how it rolls out. I think the Chiefs win in a big scoring game. I think the Chiefs win 49-35, and I think the San Francisco 49ers end up pulling it out, but it's really close, 31-28. Okay, well. That means it'd be some fun games regardless. That's the, that's the fun part about it. All right, well, that'll do it for us today. A reminder for you guys, come on down here to Tim Dolly Nissan in uh, in Murray, right here, 4528 South State Street. You can't miss it. A lot of people here checking out cars, buying new cars, and, of course, that forever warranty cannot be overstated how insane of a deal that is. Come on by, check it out. We're thankful to them for having us down here. It's been a blast. Look forward to doing it again soon. And, of course, we'll be back next Saturday. It'll be a short edition next week, only a one-hour show because the Utah Jazz are in action. In the, it's a mid-afternoon. It's a matinee affair for the Jazz against the Dallas Mavericks at 3 o'clock. So we'll have a one-hour show next week from 1 to 2 p.m. We'll be in studio, Adrian, Lizer, and myself. Until then, enjoy the rest of your weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday with all the live programming here on The Zone. And, of course, thanks again for tuning into the Saturday show right here on 97.5 FM, 1280 AM, and The Zone Sports Network.